Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 24. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. And how are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm ready to get rolling. Yes, and we are covering GCW in Liverpool tonight. Their second show of the three shows that they did in Liverpool. Once again, it's from Hangar 34 in Liverpool, England. And before we hop into the action i know you have some pre-show remarks go ahead and go over that if you want to john yeah i just thought that the hangar was packed tight and i just wanted to mention again the british fans are awesome yes that like i said i said the first episode of this one really was feeling it this was uh the fans definitely make the show way more entertaining and since this is a gcw specific show they have all the gcw graphics it is a gcw production and we will go into the first matchup of the evening as they start off pretty hot, not in a scramble match, but with great action with Jordan Oliver going against Blake Christian. And those are two competitors to start off a night. Uh, it's going to be a good start to the night. What was your thoughts on this match? It was a great start to the night. I was expecting fast paced action. We got it. We had all heart versus Jordan chance. The crowd was ready to go. And here came those commentary issues that does need to eventually be addressed. It's been happening for a while. It does take away from the action. Also taking away from the action just a little. No KG again. Otherwise, the video looks fantastic. The program was absolutely wonderful once audio kind of settled into its place. Both performers were killing it out there. They're young guys. Fantastic motion, speed, and agility. It looked like a dance out there. They were really representing GCW well. Jordan was face, Blake was heel, but it was just a great wrestling match with a lot of chain moves. And I was, you know, what a great foot forward for uh, the first match of the night. Yeah, I kind of stressed there was a GCW production just because of the sound. As we noticed, the sound wasn't too much of an issue <laughs> night one, but night two, it came into play again. But uh, they did take care of it pretty fast. Um, as you said, it did take away from the action. But with Jordan and Blake in there, uh, we talked about the short ring last time, how fast Blake looks in that shorter ring and smaller ring. And with him and Jordan, it was just a great, as you said, technical match. A lot of uh, uh, rolling up, a lot of who's being held like it wasn't the high flying match that we normally see from these two which i kind of mm -hmm. really liked especially as it goes into the ending um i liked how they did the ending spot really nice because uh it was like i never seen the way they did it and i'll go over that here in a second but uh jordan oliver too i liked how he kind of paid homage to nick gage he did the the boot scrape that nick gage usually does and i just yeah. like to see him kind of pay homage to uh nick gage as he is always training with nick gage nick gage seems to be behind Jordan here and helping Jordan get in way better shape. Cause we see that there's a physical transformation now uh, with Jordan. He's becoming, he's not the skinny kid and eating big breakfasts all the time. And then getting like, right? he is uh, now fully on getting the muscles, getting the definition and he's looking fantastic. And this was a fun match. Um, Blake Christian with the all heart gimmick still, uh, these two are, I would like to see them kind of have a little budding feud. I kind of was thinking that was going to happen at, during the AC shows when uh, they kind of teamed up and then Blake uh, started oh, at the end yeah. of the match, started pushing Jordan and pushing Nick, uh, Nick Wayne. So I was kind of mm -hmm. seeing like maybe this will be a lead up to that, but we'll see where they go from here. Uh, and we will go into the ending as Jordan Oliver does pick up the victory over Blake Christian with a cool little roll up. Uh, it was kind of like a 
Sunset flip. Blake Christian had his had Jordan pinned down to the ground. And then as we normally see on those moves, right at the two, Jordan took advantage. But as he flipped Blake Christian over onto his shoulders and he kind of had the advantage, he held onto Blake's feet and kind of kept them pinned down. So normally we see when they kick out of that move, the two legs hit the other wrestler in the head and that breaks the yeah, count. Yeah. But I really liked how Jordan held onto the feet and kept it kind of kept it down and then held it. He even as he was holding his feet was reaching for Blake Christian's hands to really get the momentum and keep his shoulders down. And he used that move and picked up the victory over Blake Christian, which I think is a huge victory since Blake was, if I recall, the last person to chat. No, I think Effie was the last person to challenge uh, Foxley for the belt. But Blake Christian being the last second to last competitor that fought for the GCW title. And with the role that Jordan's been on lately, we're picking up big victories over Bandito, Biff Busick, um, and the tag run that they've been on. This was a huge win, I think, to kind of propel Jordan up to, in my opinion, he's either next in line or the second next in line to face the winner of Moxley versus Gage. So what was your what is your thoughts on the title picture after this match? Okay, so yeah, obviously Jordan's getting a hell of a push here. We're going to see, um, well, for anybody who is caught up on everything, we're going to see Jordan is going to get this continuous push, and it's fantastic. I really do think that Jordan's next in line. Is he ready? We're going to find out. I think I'm he's not more, sure. I think he's way more ready this time around than he was than last time the around. Roster. And oh, he, yeah. Well, last time around, he went against Nick Gage, and he was still back then the like super hated by the AC crowd. He went into right. a title match against Nick Gage and you could tell Nick Gage wanted to get violent. And at that time, Jordan was not really having any of it during the match. You could kind of see him uh, not run away from spots, but prevent the spots. But I think it played off so well in that match because at that time, like I said he was like the most hated heel. So of course, when the fans want to see you get busted open by Nick Gage and you're not giving the fans that satisfaction. Of course, the fans are going to boo you even more than they already were. So I kind of like how they played it out during that match. But I think now with Jordan Oofset, his look, he's just, he's putting it all together. And I think now is he's definitely in a better position to possibly beat Nick Gage if Nick Gage beats Moxley. Or I would definitely like to see the matchup of Moxley versus uh, Oliver in the future. So right now what we're looking at in that title picture there would be roughly Cardona Moxley Gage. I think Oliver would be a great fourth. I can't think of too many people that we have on the roster right now that would uh, that would teach us. Oliver's getting the push right now. Obviously, they're doing this for a reason and we're paying attention. So I don't know if this. Oh, gosh, if this would turn into a four way. There's so many ways this can go because if Cardona gets in the middle of this Mox engage match. Now we're looking at a possible three way. Um, <laughs> like there's there's so many ways. I just now had a chance to really breathe on your question. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of yeah. I did spring it up on you, and I agree with you. <laughs> I think it's a. I think Jordan is up there. Mance maybe or Joey Janela too. Those are the top three that I think could be next in line and would be yeah, a great yeah. matchup against either Moxley or Gage. But as you said, we kind of forget Cardona in the picture. We wonder how he's going to insert himself into Fight Night if he does. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. He of, will. There's a lot of story that could be told there because. Moxley beat Cardona for the belt. Moxley hasn't lost since then. Gage lost it to Cardona. Cardona never really got his quote unquote rematch. I don't they don't rematch. really do that in GCW. So but I think they're yeah, they could go a lot of different ways with this uh story with Gage and Moxley and Cardona. And I think there's a lot of different outcomes, and I think there's a lot of 
cool outcomes with other competitors that we haven't even thought about or talked about being involved because as you said it's really just those three but i would i wouldn't mind seeing jordan kind of insert his way in to protect nick age and kind of play off like how he's always protecting nick wayne as a tag team and now that he's using some more nick gage moves and always training with nick gage i would like to kind of see if cardona comes out to interfere with that match i would love to see maybe jordan come out and block that interference kind of get that major Ooh. pop of hey i'm saving nick gage nick gage gets the belt back cardona you're not messing with this you want to get to nick gage you got to beat me first because like i you're going to interfere in this match i just think there's a lot of different possibilities with a lot of different competitors that could be in there and i'm just very excited to see uh what's going to be happening in the future with all the gcw title picture dude there's a lot of money on the table yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of main event uh, quality matches on the table there if that ends up being taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, this Jordan Oliver thing, though, I was happy it kind of ended up in like a handshake and it was really impressive. I need to see more. I really do think that Blake Christian does well on the island of England because boy, oh boy, in the next one after this, they're like, please come back. Please yep. come back. Dude, I mean, yeah, Oliver Christian. I just wanted to get us back on track no, or else good, I have man. a feeling you and I'd be talking for a long time about that picture because I just now realize who all's in it and all the possibilities are just tremendous. And again, there's so much money to be made there. Yeah. And I just like how this was a big victory for Jordan and they don't really talk about it during it, this show too much. I think because Effie was on commentary during this match. I think maybe he made it at the end. And I think this is where we missed KG, Dave Prezak, where they would have mm -hmm. made this victory feel way more important than what I think it kind of came off on. Because yeah, in my eyes, that's a big deal. You beat a person who just defended or just fought for the belt, and now you get the victory. You should be right up there taking their spot and being next in line. So uh, this match was a great way to start it off. Great GCW opener match. And these two, as you said, I would love to see them kind of either start a little rivalry, even though, as you said, they shook hands, which kind of ends that notion. But that was my thinking watching this match is I wonder if it's going to turn into a little rivalry because these two are excellent competitors and their styles mesh very well. And they have put on great matches when they've been in the ring together. So Jordan Oliver has 49 matches in GCW this year. That's the most of any wrestler um and the next closest would be jimmy lloyd at 45 so he's four matches above anyone else out there and then you have blake christian with 35 matches so it's not like he's a slouch this year at all however here's the difference jordan oliver 49 matches only 26 wins that's a 53 percent win loss record however on this side we have blake christian 35 matches 27 wins almost three over three out of four of his matches have been wins and then again he takes a loss to oliver here so this is a really interesting push because if there was a time to push um if blake's had his push for right now yep blake always keeps when it comes to a title picture it seems like blake is always in that upper area just just waiting to get to the title area there yep. at least that's how he's been booked recently yeah. So this was a really, really important match, and I'm hoping more people did understand how important it really was. And I think with those Jordan stats, too, it uh, could be skewed a little bit because of a lot of the tag matches he's been in lately, too, with Nick Wayne. Yeah, and yeah. Even though they have looked incredible together as a team, they have been kind of picking up losses. So uh, I'm still just hopefully Jordan gets in that title picture. Hopefully they do something cool with it because I think a lot could be done just off of this match alone for the night. And that yeah. will oh, Go ahead. 
I just had to mention our uh, our overachiever Jimmy Lloyd because he's second yep. on matches at GCW. Um, of those forty five matches, he's won five. No, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I'm so. I had to cut you off. Uh, I didn't mean to, but I had to just say that before we went, since I had the stats here in front of me. Yeah, that's probably one of the more atrocious numbers we have. But yeah, forty five and. Uh, and five I, and five and forty. And I will still chant Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking, fucking Lloyd. Lloyd every single time I hear that music. The wins loss don't matter for Jimmy Lloyd. He's a different boy, and I want to see him in the ring at all times, win or lose. And that will lead us into our second matchup of the evening as Alley Catch goes one on one with Millie McKenzie. What was your thoughts on this match? Okay, so I wanted to mention before this match even goes underway that Millie was trained by Pete Dunn. And I also found out that she's one of only two people, I believe, that can say that they were actually trained fully by Pete Dunn. That I didn't know. Did the other know person, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but it was during that person's match, and now I can't remember. <laughs> um, again, with the chance, hey, Allie, Millie chance were going on. And I did say this, I think, before on our previous show, but on this one, I'm also going to mention there were so many chants that I'm only going to mention those unique ones. So we had that Hey Alley Millie chant. Millie has this excellent, happy, kind of poppy attitude, and I love it. The first two minutes were a lot of holds. No kidding. An old school match, an old school brawl. I will call out the referee in that match just for a minute. They were ta they were doing the count on the wrong side of the body. They had no way to look at the shoulders if they were up or down. So I know the person was probably nervous or whatnot because, you know, Big Bad GCW is coming to town, but they definitely have to make sure that they get on the right side of that body. And of course, that's probably a simple mistake. They probably wanted to hit the ground in one, two, three as quick as possible. But um, yeah, that kind of takes away from it. Sorry, that was just a little, but it's the first time I've seen that in a long time. Yeah, this was a fun match because Billy McKenzie has a, in my opinion, totally different style than Alley Catch. And uh -huh. I've, I've seen a little bit of Millie McKenzie on like WWE. I think it was NXT UK. So I am, I was aware of her. I haven't seen a lot of her matches, but I knew of her. So that was kind of different other than the first night um, when we saw a lot of competitors that we didn't really know of, which was fun learning about the new competitors. But this one, knowing the two competitors going in, I was interested to see how this match played out. It was, it was a nice, decent match. Nothing too crazy. Nothing was horrible. Nothing, no crazy spots. It was just a nice, fun entertaining match for match number two of the night and i don't really have anything else to say about it because it was just solid it was a solid match nothing great nothing horrible but for match number two and it's kind of a tough spot following jordan versus blake but the crowd yeah. obviously doesn't matter like it didn't matter who was in either match the crowd was just added so much more excitement to the matches which i loved and yeah the uk crowd is something else and and this match alley catch does pick up the victory over millie as she it's really with the pile driver. Yeah, there was no high flying, no outside action, no weapons. This was just primarily a breath before the Cardona match that was coming up. So, I mean, you're looking at this Jordan match that just happened and then the Cardona match that's getting ready to come up. Yeah, this alley match was basically just, okay, everybody take a breath because here comes Cardona and we know how exciting that usually is. Yeah, we got to save our... Uh... Save our energy to scream fuck Cardona, even in the UK, because as soon as he comes out for his next matchup, Matt Cardona going against Bad Kurt. And yeah, right away, Cardona's just getting all the booze, which I love seeing here in the States, overseas. I don't care. I love seeing it. But I also do love seeing him in a GCW ring. 
And this matchup with Mad Kurt was very interesting to me because I haven't seen too much of Mad Kurt. I just a little bit on the social media. I saw them kind of going back and forth before this match of Cardona calling Mad Kurt an internet keyboard warrior or something like that. And I loved how Mad Kurt came out with the keyboard to kind of play up to that. So what was your opinion on this match, John? You're right. Cardona out, fingers up. I had it written down. I wanted to say it again. I love it. I think it should be on a shirt. But yeah, Cardona out, fingers up. The boos were fucking heavy. And Cardona grabs a mic. Do we start hearing MDK? MDK chants. Cardona gets on there. He goes, he's a fucking criminal and he's not allowed in the country. I believe throughout the tour, that was the one and only time that was actually said. I yeah. think that was a hey, no more, that kind of thing. Um, my favorite chant that kind of worked throughout the evening and it carried out through all of uh, the English shows was the Woo Woo Wanker. Fantastic fucking chant, guys. I really loved it a lot. They do the Nash Hogan finger of doom spot, the finger poke of doom. So they played that up really well and they did it primarily step for step as long as it, it needed to be. Kurt was playing with Cardona's belt for a while, like he was the champion, kind of doing his little rib moment there. Chelsea's bitch chants were fantastic. Commentary audio went out again, and we were back minutes later. I don't mean it was a little hazy, as in commentary was out for minutes. It was primarily just a match, which is fine because the fans were just fantastic, and it filled that void really well. Cardona was really about 70% of the offense in this match. Um... Kurt hit four code breakers. One was from the top rope, an avalanche style to a two count. Cardona did the two count, then lifted Kurt's head off the mat, which was an asshole move. Kurt threatens to hit Matt with the uh, keyboard. He misses. Cardona grabs it and smashes it over Kurt's head. It's beautiful watching a keyboard. Yes. If anybody's ever seen it, the fucking the keys pop everywhere. Yes, That's exactly what happened here, man. Yeah, that spot at the end reminded me of when uh, Cardona did kind of a similar spot. They had the when they did the digital media championship belt. And I remember seeing a whole bunch of keyboards, TV yeah. or monitors, uh, cell phones, like anything digital was in the ring. And I just remember, yeah, Cardona took a keyboard spot in that match as well. And the seeing the keys fly. It's like, it was a great visual. Cause someone actually <laughs> took a very cool picture, like right as the keys are exploding and the keyboards on Cardona's head. So, um, Oh, nice. Yeah. I loved how the English crowd or the English crowd, the Liverpool crowd was panning MDK. Um, I think I talked a little bit about it the last episode, but uh, that just shows me that they know their history. They know the GCW stuff, which was awesome because that just adds like, hey, they know their shit. They're not just out here partying and chanting stuff just to have a good time. Like they yeah. know their stuff and for them to chant MDK and know that there's a history between MDK and Cardona, as we were talking about earlier, it was like it was very nice to see that because I like where the fans are into it and knowledgeable about it, not just trying to hijack a show and make up their own mm -hmm. chance. They, their chance were all, all three shows were, they all made sense. And it was very cool seeing their knowledge of the GCW um, kind of history about it as well. And yeah, this was a fun comedy match. I thought that's how this match would turn out. And it was pretty fun. Cardona once again does the finger poker doom spot. He kind of has done that a couple times. He did not the exact same thing to Blake, but Blake was like, oh, I'll just lay down and take the victory. And Cardona yep, was like, yep. yay. I just love how he gets so excited for the cheapest of victories and he acts so surprised when <laughs> he can never get one. And like, I just can't wait till the one time he actually does actually hold the person down as they're trying to kick out. It's like, hey, you finally outsmarted you finally. Stay down. I get the easy victory. I don't care if you try to kick out or not. And Dude, it's like Charlie Brown kicking the feet, <laughs> kicking the football. Yes, yes, that is a perfect one. 
And Matt Cardona does pick up the victory as he hits Mad Kurt with the Sack Rider. And I don't think this was for the internet belt. I couldn't remember, as I, you said. Once no, I, no, no. Yeah. No. Once he, I, uh, Kurt, Kurt put it on. Sorry, but no, Kurt put it on. And that's when he was kind of teasing, um, you know, uh, I'll take it off if you put it on the line. Yeah. And Cardona was kind of down there pissy about it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I believe I didn't have it written down. I guess maybe I should have. Normally, I put something there like non-title, but I didn't on this one. Well, it's um, also too the the I, audio yeah. that would have been very helpful because still cutting in and out. Like I yeah. after it yeah. started cut cut out the second time, I did kind of turn it down. It's like, hey, I don't have KG. I still have Emil or Effie or whoever else. Like Jordan hops on later. Like I obviously mm-hmm. turned it on. Well, I got lucky on that one. I did happen to just turn it on just to see during that match what was happening to hear the crowd because what was happening at that match at that time before Jordan hopped on was. Incredible. I just want to hear the crowd's reaction, but um, yeah, not hearing, not knowing what was going on, kind of like I turned the sound down just because, like, I don't know what's going on and no point in listening to it, but I can listen to something else <laughs> if I'm not going to get a good quality. So uh, I was confused if the, I do remember him coming out with the belt, but I couldn't remember if they did it with the belt or not. But yeah, you reminded me. So uh, yeah, fun match, fun, entertaining match. I do like how Cardona seems to. Do these fun comedy matches kind of like a little Joey Janela, but uh instead of getting serious and putting on a great match as Joey Janela does, Cardona does always find a way to turn it into a more cheeky kind of way, cheating. And I just love Cardona's style, the way he's interacting with the GCW crowd and still performing for us GCW fans. It's always fun. A pleasure to see him in a GCW ring. Our winner of this match, Matt Cardona with the sack rider. Yeah, I'm with you here with the appreciation. Um, Cardona always gives us a story. If anything, we always have some kind of a story. And I really like that with Cardona. It's always some type of emotion. He comes out, it's fuck you. We have a match, we still have fuck you. Um, He always has, uh, we're always hanging on him doing something. He always has us in the palm of his hand for a reaction. And I don't know how much the crowd realizes how much he can toy with us and does sometimes. Oh yeah, he definitely does. And like he gets himself over and other people over without even having a match and that's what i kind of like seeing what he's been doing with his gcw run and that will lead us into our fourth match of the evening as the violence has started it is a four-way death match between clint margera jimmy lloyd big joe and john wayne murdoch and i before for the match, I was like, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be violent. Uh-huh. I can't wait to see all the violence. This is going to be long. But it ended up being a quick, short four-way death match, which I am not against. I, not what I expected, but I went out against it. And I even if they would have lasted longer, I would have been down to see a longer match because all four of these competitors, I would love to see a kind of a scramble death match. And this is kind of a close one that we got here with all four competitors. Uh, what was your thoughts on this match, John? Yeah, it was crazy seeing all that potential violence in the ring. I I didn't know how long this thing was going to go initially, but I was hoping for just a knockdown, drag out fight in in a regular. OK, so no lie. This match only went six minutes, but there was at least 10 to 11, maybe 12, 13 minutes of violence packed into such yes. a small amount of time here. Joe is fantastic. I've always loved him. In real life, he's a bouncer. He is tough as nails. He's not one of the people you'd want to fuck with in the wrestling industry. We come out front. We have tubes, chairs, doors. 
it takes like minute one thumbtacks come out uh john wayne murdoch ends up getting uh getting the thumbtacks unfortunately minute two we have gussets onto john wayne murdoch minute three we have beer cans on a stick i love on that lloyd i freaking it's so much fun i don't know why and it has a satisfying sound yes. when it hits someone um joe chance of course that's gonna happen lots of joe chance minute three baseball bat with forks and a pink chair which i'm starting to realize this pink chair may be more famous than we know. I've actually seen it in a couple shows really? on this on this on our trip. So I don't know what that's about. Minute four, the doors come out. John Wayne Murdoch is bagged over his head. Light tubes on boards come out. Thumbtacks on poor John Wayne Murdoch again. Minute five, we have a fish hook in Jimmy's mouth, literally a fish hook. Margera sends John Wayne Murdoch through light tube boards poor murdoch and big joe hits lloyd with some japanese like a japanese gardening tool with spikes that literally takes us to the ending where big fucking joe does a tombstone on thumbtacks on lloyd this was just a fantastically fast and dangerous match and again Mur murdoch he he did like two men's worth of work out there in that match he really really respect for him yeah um like I said, I was thinking this match was going to go longer because I know that yeah, I've yeah. heard a couple different fans or on their Patreon say like, oh, we want to see a, a ultra violent scramble match. And like, I've kind of heard them talk like, yeah, you know how much dangerous that is with six bodies going out there. So in this one, we got four. So I was super excited. But as you said, they compacted a 12 minute match into six minutes, which I don't mind. Like it was just nonstop violence and chair shots. And every time the camera went to someone else, blood was coming out somehow some way yep, and i just yep. love seeing all the different weapons out there i just i loved it even though i it ended fast i was kind of like oh that's it then i was like thinking about mm -hmm. like, i did see just a lot of stuff so if it's six minutes and like that in a death match i don't mind death matches being that short because they get this went non-stop it wasn't like hey we did a couple light tubes took a break it was just boom 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 and i loved the pacing of it I would want longer. I wouldn't mind longer, but I don't mind this short one as well. Yeah. More Big Joe and GCW if we can, please. Preferably in Deathmatch or Extreme. Yep. Yeah, see? And you beat me to it, man. Yeah, we will. Thank goodness. Yeah, that was a lot in a short amount of time. I'm really happy with what I saw. And I hope we see more down the road because this happens to go with that problem that we have where we have many, many just almost way too many fantastic death matchers right now within the GCW atmosphere. It's where maybe we need another show or two a year just to feature the death matchers because we're so loaded at some point we do need to possibly uh possibly have another showcase. There's just there's and, too much talent shining. And they keep on adding to it because we see now yeah. that just this year, Cole Radrick, after that one performance, he's in there. Uh Sawyer Wreck, she's now doing the deathmatch stuff and doing very good at it. Um, there was a third. I just totally forgot who the third one was. That doesn't really do deathmatches, but we see. Um, but we got, yeah, Big Joe. He's coming to the States and doing, I think it's NGI. So, like, they're always adding new deathmatch talents, which is cool. And I just love when they do the tournaments, um, how they're adding more talent to it. And I know I've heard a couple people say maybe instead of eight, bump it up to 16. I think four death matches Ooh. in a night would be kind of crazy, but maybe extending. I mean, you got like Fight Club Night One, Fight Club Night Two. Why not do NGI Night One, NGI Night Two, and do sixteen? You have them ha wrestle two matches one night, two matches another. If they go to the finals, and that's how you get your four matches and kind of 
makes it a little bit more safe. You still get a lot of violence in two different nights now of these, this deathmatch tournament. And it kind of creates more breathing stuff. But on the negative, I'm going to counteract my own point. I love just the one night tournament only because you can at the end, the finals feel so much more exciting. This is what I've been watching for the last three hours. I want to see a conclusion. I want to see two Parker win the TOS against, um, I forgot who he went against at the end. It wasn't Cole Radrick. That That's what I thought. Nope. Be the finals. But, uh, was it Tremont? Uh, could be. Yeah. It might've been Tremont. Yeah. Actually, I think it was. Tremont. No. He did wrestle Tremont that one of those. No, it was somebody that really knew that knew <laughs> their wasn't shit. In. It wasn't Rena. It was. It, I think it was Tremont because right. yeah, Cologne wasn't in it because he ended up forfeiting that to go against um, John Wayne Murdoch. But yeah, I know, I, I know that they wanted somebody that was like more. Uh, they wanted a veteran in there because he did have that cut that he yep. really shouldn't have been wrestling with. <laughs> yeah. Um, what but, What were you about to say there, bud? No, I'll just say like think, as you said, with a lot of. New rosters and the deathmatch, not new roster, new faces with the deathmatch that we've been seeing in GCW. They just are not recycling it. I still like how they bring in Segura, Rena, Drew Parker from the other end of it. Um, but with the new talent coming in too, I I just think it could you could make these tournaments two nighters, add more excitement. But like I said it's a give or take, or for me it would take away of my investment for one whole night rooting for Drew Parker and then, Oh, I have to wait another night to kind of get this payoff, yeah. but it adds more violence, more matches. I don't know how, what the competitors think about it. I've kind of, we've heard what Brett's talk about it before, but why he doesn't do 16 Adam, or 16 man death matches. So I don't know. I, I just love how they have flexibility to go one way or another. And it still would be super entertaining for us as fans. So if you do the two night thing, which I'm a really big fan of, that would make night one have eight matches because you have 16 guys, you would have eight matches there. So that would be fantastic because night two, you would be bringing in eight competitors. You'd have four matches, then two matches, then one. So that would give you a match count of seven that night. So we're talking eight the first night and then seven matches the second night. And a couple of those matches could be some freaking brawls. Um, or they could keep even it short, if we just did like it, this one. Keep it a six-minute match yeah. where it doesn't go too crazy, but you wouldn't notice it's a six-minute match because you're so invested in it until the final bell rings. You're like, "Whoa, that was it!" So that's now, another option. I don't know if I don't know if you remember what with tournament of death. One of the things that we had going on was that each and every match kind of. Um, highlighted different forms yep. of deathmatch wrestling. So we did have match two, for instance, would be chair heavy. Match three would be door heavy. Match four would be a little more violent than mm -hmm. the first three matches, and we move on. So I think having a two-day process might also be nice because we would be able to revisit um, a chair heavy match on night two versus maybe a chair heavy, heavy match just later that night. Plus, we'd be going into... Um, another company's territory even where we'd be putting on seven and eight hour death match or you know seven and eight hour pay-per-views which yeah. is rough <laughs> for some of us um yeah but i love the idea and we have so many people that would be fantastic um another one would maybe well no i'm thinking of way too many fun ideas on that one i'll stop there um i just i like this match you're right there was everything it needed to be in six minutes and then some I just, I, I want more, but boy, oh boy, you're right. Four people. That's a lot of uh, glass to be watching oh, as yeah. a fan and as a competitor. Yeah. That's a, that yeah. was the, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was like, I know the reasons that was pre pretty much the main reason of 
what I've heard either, I think it was Alex Cologne or Brett say like, Hey, that's why we don't do not only because it adds another element of more danger. And obviously we know as competitors, if the more fatigued you are, the more chances of a mess up or accident to happen. So, um, yep. But yeah, with six different competitors, you had the SGC screen all over the place with just fans ducking their heads, trying to avoid all the the light tubes at them. But I I I am out absolutely loving though the depth of their rosters for death matches and seeing what they could do with during these tournaments. The possibilities are endless almost, and I would like to see a lot of these different variations of the possibilities happen because there's a lot of great talent out there that GCW has been putting out for the death matches and um. Uh, kind of have it in a tournament setting would be kind of more recognition to those wrestlers that have been busting their ass for it. That will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening. And in my opinion, this was the match of maybe the night, at least the night, the weekend for me, the probably the most memorable moments happened for the whole weekend during this match as we have uh, for the GCW Extreme Title, Cole Radrick defending his Extreme Title against Joe Lando, Leon Slater, and Tony, that lovable asshole, Deppin. <laughs> and yeah, when I first saw this match, I'm like, okay, it's not our typical Extreme match. We got a lot of high flyers. Or well, I knew three of the competitors. I had no idea who Leon Slater was. But knowing Cole, Joe, and Te- Tony Deppin, we could have a little Extreme and Cole... But he also does everything. Joe Lando is a great high flyer. Tony Deppin could fly if he wants to or keep the match on the ground. So I liked the different variations of or the styles of these three wrestlers. It's not our typical extreme match where we're going to see doors, tables, ladders, or all of that stuff. It's kind of a more just a technical four-way match. And Leon Slater, I had no idea about it. But after this match, I want to see every Leon Slater match because he stole the show during this match. I will let you kind of give what your thoughts on this match was, because I know at the end I will dive into Leon Slater's uh, star rising in my book. Yeah, so I was expecting huge things. They gave it to us. I was expecting a fast pace. They gave it to us. Rowdy Daddy chants were coming right out the gate. Cole is loved yes. in England. That's one thing I can say for sure. And I could also see that Cole was was working a lot faster than usual tonight. So that was fantastic to see too, because I always love to see when a wrestler has an extra gear or two that we don't know exists because it adds to their story. If they have that extra gear there, Daniel Bryan is another one that he has a fantastic extra gear that you don't see until necessary. Yeah. 2022 has really been Cole's year. Year of the Rabbit daddy. I do not want to go further into it than that, because I'll be talking about it more as we go, but Right now, Cole is solidifying a uh, a title reign that's just fantastic, and I hope it continues because he's defending it well, and he's putting his ass out there on the line and bleeding a lot. Uh, Tony Deppin chance, flippy shit chance. Cole and Slater had to do their uh, one-inch punch that Cole is known for. This is where I went, holy shit, Slater is 17. Wait, we could have had Nick Wayne versus yes. Slater. 17 year old versus seven. You know what? I almost think they didn't want to do it because we didn't want to know the answer. Maybe. I can't think of it. Yeah, you know I what I mean? It's like you don't want Spider Man and Superman to meet because we don't want to know the answer. After seeing <laughs> later in this match, I was like, that was my first thought. Why are we not getting Like, I didn't even know the card for the next night, to be honest with you. But I'm like, after seeing that, I'm like, we have to be getting Slater versus Nick Wayne. There's no reason not to do because who knows what ha- might happen with Nick Wayne. 
might not get another opportunity to face later. So I was like, oh, we're yeah. definitely going to get it the next night. Unfortunately, we did it, but Slater is amazing. Dude, Slater jumped across the longest part of the ring. And I can try to explain this for someone who hasn't seen it. I'm sure most of us have. He gets up on the top rope. He doesn't coast to coast. He goes from one part of the continent all the way across to the other side of the world. He goes the longest way possible post to post diagonally. It was absolutely fantastic. And here we were again, the GCW fans, like the chance would not stop. And this match, especially it was just go, go, go. And so were the fans. So they really fed into each other so well. And it made for a fantastic nine minute bout. Yes. Uh, before the match even started, I loved, I absolutely loved Tony Deppin and how they played it off. He came out and the crowd was singing. They were yep. singing Tony's song. It was amazing. And you could tell Tony started getting into it himself. And I loved at the end, instead of just cutting off the music, they turned off the or turned down the music and mm-hmm. the crowd kept on singing the song. Like we built this city and then you hear the songs, the sound go down and then you hear the crowd singing. We built this city and then the song would go up and the crowd would start yeah. singing again. I loved that entrance. And if this was not a four-way match and if this was not a title match, I would have loved to see the music keep playing, the referee ring the bell, Tony Depp and run across, hit the knee, get the three. The music doesn't stop. Tony flipping off the crowd and then just walks to the back and the music never stops because that was a cool moment. And I loved how they turned on the music and off the music. And I loved how the crowd, they had no idea probably what was going to happen. And they just kept on singing anyway. And that was phenomenal. And that's one of the reasons why this uh, Liverpool crowd was amazing because of shit like that. And now going to Leon Slater, the star of this matchup, in my opinion. I had never seen him. He looked super young. He had a great physique. Great look. I loved how he had the purple kind of like Lakers colors with his name on the on his uh tights. Thought that was a cool little uh mm-hmm. cool like little a look. homage. Yes, because I, I loved it when they did DCW did it for that uh, one LA show where they did the whole ring like that. I loved it. And we don't really see much of Leon at the beginning. He's kind of being the one taking all the bumps, but then when it's his one minute, I think it was, as you said, or two minutes to shine. He made every single minute yep. of that count because he jumps out of the ring because all three competitors are on the outside and they're not even like they're outside the guardrail. And we talked last episode how the guardrail was like right next to the ring. So the two or three competitors end up kind of crawling through or fighting through the barricade, kind of broke it off to the corner of the ring and they're past the barricade of good. I don't know, 10 feet past the barricade, maybe, or maybe 10, 15 feet from the post. And Slater from inside the ring goes from one corner to the other, jumps out of the ring, over the barricade, and all to the competitors. And just the height and how far the distance he got was crazy. I'm like, oh, what is this guy made of? He goes Mm -hmm. right away into the ring. I forgot who it was on the ground. I want to say Joe Lando, who did an awesome spot too. Joe Lando did a moonsault. But as he was doing the moonsault in the corner, Tony Deppin was kind of bent over, catching his breath. And Joe Lando did the moonsault mm-hmm. over Tony Deppin and on his way down, mm-hmm. hits his knees onto Tony Deppin's head and lands a moonsault onto the competitor, which was fucking amazing spot as well. And then, yeah, so Leon Slater did the corner to corner jump. And then, as you said, he didn't go coast to coast. He went continent to continent. He went from the UK over to the AC Showboat Arena and went diagonally across and the 
I know it's a shorter ring, but damn it. I've never yeah. seen anyone go corner to corner. He just floated across the ring, easily connected with the coast to coast. And then right from there, he goes to the top rope and does this. I The only thing, way I can describe it is a swanton dive, like Jeff Hardy, about to hit the swanton, but instead of landing on his back at the last second, rotates his body another rotation into a 450. So he turned a swanton yeah. into a 450. And that was the moment where I like, I popped it. I reround that whole two minutes just to see everything that Leon did because I've never seen anybody go diagonally across the ring, outside mm -hmm. the ring as far as he did. And I definitely have never seen, it was so cool looking, the four, swanton into the 450. Like That yeah. right there, I was like, Leon, we need you. Get over here. Somebody's signed him. Bring him over here like Commander. Bring him over here like uh, brought over Drew Parker and all these people. Like, we got to yeah. see way more of it because Leon Slater would absolutely kill it in the scramble matches. I would like to see him go one-on-one -on -one against Commander. Um, this was so awesome seeing Leon Slater as a person that I've never seen. He's one of the, like, after this match, I he jumped to the top of my list where I need to see him again. Of all these new competitors I've seen over... The last, what, six months we've been seeing a lot of new competitors in GCW. This mm -hmm. was the guy for me. And I was just like thinking, as you said in the beginning, him versus Nick Wayne. We have to be getting this. I cannot wait for the next night. I want to see Leon Slater against Nick Wayne. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, but I need to see more Leon Slater because that two minutes was one of the most impressive two minutes I've ever seen for a new competitor in my eyes to catch my attention to want to go search him out because that was insane. Yeah, let's get that boy a visa, like as quick as yes. possible. Let's get some paperwork going. We need to get him over here. He's an entertainer as soon as possible. I'm sure his mom or somebody would love to get him over here and get that kid making some money. Slater has this magic to him. It's called youth. He's 17 freaking years old. <laughs> Not only can he move, but he can take a bump. And I saw a couple times where, I mean, he took a pretty hard hit out there. And just like Wayne, he just bounces right back from it, you know, really quick. But He's yeah, we need him as quick as possible or as soon as he can graduate high school and move on. If he's not going to college, he would do well in America really quick. His level of talent is through the roof for his age. His well, his level of talent's through the roof for a 25, 30 year old. Yeah, it's just fantastic. I've, those three moves I've never seen. Like that's Swanton 450 is still one of the most impressive things I've seen because it looked like he stopped in midair and did a flip on top of like after stopping. It was just insane. And then Cole Radrick. Let's give it up to him for being the winner of this match again. He did some form of a package pile driver. It was never really explained exactly what it was. Again, it may very well have a move, but I'm putting together what I saw. It looked like some form of a package pile driver, but it was a great defense for Cole. All men showed up. Each one of them had ample time to shine from what I was looking at. Slater had a great ovation. I would definitely watch that all over again. And my creativity just for fun says with Deppin, I think it'd be funny just maybe maybe at a scramble or uh, a, like a Royal Rumble type thing. I would love for Tony to do a heel move where his music hits. He comes out, he walks around, he kind of does his poses. He does all of that. And basically, as the song is going, you know, kind of winding down and going done with, he just he just keeps walking around the ring and then just walks back up the exit, just leaves. Kind of like how Megan, I think it'd be 
They've been at yeah. the collective, like he just comes out, high five, hi, or waving to the crowd, not high five, and hi, hi, comes in, does one drop kick. All right, I'm out of here, guys. See you. I made my yep. paycheck and leave. Like, yeah, I would love to see Tony Deppin do that. Yeah, just something stupid. And it's totally Deppin because we're all hoping he gets in the ring. We like to sing his song. He comes out there, he does his whole thing. We're happy to see him. And then he just walks the fuck off. Yes. That'd be just fantastic. Ultimate hero. Yeah. Move. Um, good job, Cole. Good job, everybody in this match. This was fantastic. I could have watched a fuck ton more. And with more time, these guys could have been the main event of that night. Yeah. Which that, is like hard I to said, say for a scramble. But for me, this was my match. Like the standout memorable moment of the weekend was just Leon Slater because those were impressive. And here's where I love. This is why we call Tony Deppin our lovable asshole, because at yeah. the end of the match, Everybody kind of leaves the ring, but like you see Leon kind of slide out and Tony's like, nope. He drags his, picks up his hand, grabs him back into the ring, kind of gives him the little pat on the head like that. Stay here. You deserve it. And kind of gave Leon Slater that like seal of approval. It's like, you killed the kid. Take the ovation. We're all out of here. You've earned it. Go take the ovation. I respect you. And he kind of walked away. And I would love to see kind of like how we saw Commander get his one-on-one -on -one debut against Tony Depp and I would love to see what yes. Leon and Tony could do because Tony will make anybody look good and he's not going to have to do too much to help make Leon look good because that was impressive. And I just loved Tony Depp and that's why we all, that's why we call him our love vassal because every once in a while after he's, when he's not throwing everybody's hat halfway across the venue, he will, when it's the time and the person is deserving of it, give them their kudos, give them all the respect in the world and give them the GCW seal of approval. And that will lead us into our sixth matchup of the evening as Joey Janela goes one-on-one -on -one with Nick Wayne. And I was like, yep, this is one of these matches where Nick's going to get his time to shine. Joey's going to do whatever he can to put him over and still put on a crazy match as Joey Janela always does. And I was very much looking forward to this match and seeing what kind of magic these would create. What was your thoughts on this match? Oh, boy. So it was really nice to see Nick get that rub from Janela. It's really nice to see him get stretched out there and really, um, well, see, I used the word stretch already, but really just stretch to his limits. We had Janela chance. He's a bad boy chance. There was a fantastic avalanche brain buster by Joey Janela that went on. Wayne went up to the second level at one point, did a moonsault off of the ledge. Nick got beaten up fucking hard in this match, and this match did have a lot of hard-hitting moves. Wayne had a good show of emotion. He seems like he made it seem like Janela was unbeatable, and I don't know how many times you've seen this, but Wayne has great facial expressions, oh, yeah. and he makes it look really good that he has pain. Like every time he's in pain, oh, it makes it look so good. So I really do like that a lot, and this was a match where he got to practice that face a lot. Yeah, I liked it. When I first noticed it, it was in uh, him and Jordan's match against Los Macisos. And they did like a crazy just tag team, like one minute, just spot, spot, spot. Jordan did like, I think the clout cutter or almost like one of his could be finishers because he's evolved his moveset so much. And like Jordan's in the inside getting trying to get the three count and everyone thinks that's it. Uh, one of the Macisos kick out and you just see Nick Wayne and he's on the outside kind of with his kind of crawling back into the ring, but like he's just looking in thinking that was it. And then you see the two count, you see Jordan's face because he's gotten way better too with his facial expressions and yep. showing like, oh my God, that wasn't it. But you just see Nick Wayne like, what are you doing? 
How was that not a three? What do you mean that wasn't three? Just his facial reaction was amazing. I even went back and rewound that spot just to see Nick's way, Nick Wayne's crazy face and seeing like, oh my God, what do you mean that wasn't it? And yes, he has gotten way better because I even think it was this match. I could be wrong, but it looked like he was like during the match, like not crying, like he wasn't actually crying, but the look on it looked like there was in so much pain that he was crying. And I originally thought he was kind of seriously hurt because, um, Jordan Oliver does hop on a commentary during this match, which I think was cool because the whole thing with him and Nick Wayne. But Jordan did a pretty good job on commentary because there was one spot where um, Nick Wayne was, I think he was on the inside at this time, and Joey Janela laid the door on him, went to the top and did the coup de gras, whatever, the foot stomp onto through the door onto Nick Wayne. And Jordan right away called to a spot that I, I was thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time was when Joey did this spot to Alley Catch in Las Vegas for draft day because that was my first GCW show. That was my first time seeing Alley Catch. First time seeing GCW. A lot of those wrestlers, almost all of them ever. And seeing Joey do that spot to Alley Catch, like right afterwards, they end up throwing up like the referee threw up the X. There was a quick little finish to that match. And like everyone thought Alley was hurt because it looked brutal. And Jordan called back to that spot. That same exact spot that he did to Alley Catch where I was thinking the same thing. And it looked just as painful when Joey did it to Nick Wayne this night. So I liked how Jordan did the callback to that match. And he didn't sound too bad on commentary. So I really loved him hearing him on commentary call back to spots that I am aware of as a fan. So that was pretty cool in my opinion. So you have a good eye because Wayne ended up did getting hurt. He did get hurt. He got hurt pretty bad. It was non Nobody really said anything about what it was in the long run. But the next night, there was a tag team match. It was Kings of the North. I don't know if you remember. Yep. So that ended up being Cole Radrick versus uh, Cole Radrick and Jordan Oliver. That originally was going to be Wayne and Cole stepped in. But yeah, Wayne was injured. So it looked like it. Um, be, yeah, he was he it was brutal. I wonder if they're kicking themselves for really being that rough on Wayne now that he's injured from that, because. Janela was pretty rough on him. And, and I know that's the name of the game too. So. Yeah. I think that's like, sometimes there are matches where especially like, uh, we used to have another wrestler in GCW. We haven't seen him lately. So I don't want to bring him up just in case there's any issues there, but I will speak specifically on Joey where I've seen him kind of get a little stiff in the ring, but to send a mm -hmm. message to, Hey, like, I don't know if you're hated in the back right now, but you have a lot of heat on you and you're getting a lot of booze and we don't know what it is. And you've been kind of a little cocky in the ring thinking you're above yourself, but it was against Jordan Oliver where Joey just beat the shit out of Joey, Al jo Joey Oliver, Jordan Oliver in the showboat arena, if I'm not mistaken. And like, it, like I remember watching that match and this was kind of like Jordan had a match against another person that was very similar where they just kind of like seemed like they took liberties but not in a um, not distasteful way, but as a way to, hey, calm down. We're going to, you got to get kind of in order. Get in the GCW line. Seems like you're stepped out of it right now. We're going to lay yeah. these chops in you. I'm going to really punch you. I'm going to really get into your head and piss you off. And you need to keep your composure. You need to show us that you're tough enough to keep on traveling on the road with us. And there are a couple of moments where I've seen where it kind of seems like they're testing these wrestlers to say, hey, okay, don't get too comfortable, but you want to stay with us? This is what the shit we're going to do. And they kind of make them earn it throughout the match. And I think that's what I was getting from this match was when Joey did it to Jordan, it was actually way more worse what he did to Joe and, uh, Jordan than he did to Nick Wayne. But I was that's how I was kind of thinking of, like, this is Joey's way of Nick. Like, 
hey, you've been going up top. You're going up top. You might be going to AW here soon, but you got to toughen up. And here we go. We're going to make you. And it's going to make you look a lot better as a baby face that's taking all that yeah. pain for when you yeah. get that moment to shine. It's going to make that shine so much better, too. So I do. I don't mind it as long as you said it's not in a trying to hurt you kind of way. If it's kind of like to toughen you up or to show the crowd how tough you really are and to get that really big pop when you shine, I don't mind mm -hmm. seeing it that way. Cool. I'll tell you what, either way, there was a lot of Nick <laughs> Wayne chance, you know. Yeah. Joey did a great job in this match putting Nick Wayne over, making him look really good. Joey still got the win. So that's the way it goes there. Everybody came out happy in the end. Nick Wayne, again, was amazing. It was brutal what he took and good for him. He sold it well. And, um, I hope that's the last time he comes across Janela in that type of capacity <laughs> for at least a while. Cause we, we do need to protect that kid. He is ours. Yes. And, uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. And Joey, I think just kind of sending a little message, but in a positive way, not a hurtful kind of way. And that will lead us into our seventh matchup of the evening. As Effie goes one-on-one -on -one with session moth Martina. And for the second night in a row, we get to see Session uh, Moth going up against another team uh, teammate of Bussy. What was your thoughts on Session Moth Martina versus Effie? Okay, so here we go with the Who's Your Daddy chance. We've got the Effie chance. All right, so Session Session Moth. At this point, she at this point early in the match, she's trying to get Effie to like her. That's kind of what Session Moth does. Session Moth is basically a lady who goes to a bar and kind of stays there. That's what she does. I I had to kind of look it up. So that, from what I've learned, is a Session Moth. No, 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 no. It's okay to laugh. It's it's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bar whore. I guess she, you know, so. And, you know, she comes out with the sandstorm music, which is, you know, what was popular when she was in high school. Yep. So, yeah, Session Moth decides she's going to grind on Effie, who is completely unaffected by the whole thing. Fans start chart. The fans start uh, chanting Effie's gay. I like that part. Obvious. Yeah. And Session lets Effie motorboater and it still didn't work. Effie does the uh, throw your respective genitals at my mouth session like he does he gets down on his knees Effie gets hung up in the corner at one point session smacks him in the nuts and you yeah. can fucking hear it, it yeah was like a slap sound jesus and then he gets hung up uh he gets hung up again at one point and she grabs like a can of canes like the cans on a cane and she fucking hits him in the nuts with it and like you could hear that one too i thought maybe she hit the rope first like sometimes they hit yeah. the rope first and not she smacked him good so i hope he had a cup on for this whole thing and then eventually she takes that entire thing and ramrods it uh in his ass or what it looks like in his ass and effie um effie appeared to like it but we couldn't tell emil called effie a pain pig yes and um effie plays up for the rest of the match that he wants session and um it was a nice little twist over the usual kind of effie thing because effie was straight for uh for one night in the ring yeah, and I liked how they got to that point because at the beginning, as you said, Session's trying to do everything she can to get Effie. Effie's like, no, no, no. And I think it was when that spot when he does his drop down move and uh, Session does hit him. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the face. I think that's where he, Effie's like, huh, not bad. Go ahead and try it again. Do it again. Let me see if I like it. Like, you, that's at the moment where I think Effie's like, okay, not bad, not bad. I would. Do you know what it was? Try it. Uh oh, OK, so no. So oh. here's what happened. Basically, there was like a move where he had she was locked onto his arm 
and her her vagina was like right here near his face. Oh, that's what. And, okay. and it yeah, and he kind of got a little bit of a whiff or something off of it, <laughs> and he was like, "Ooh." And that's yeah, that's okay. where that whole thing started. Was yeah, he got the magical. Here's what happened. I only know that because I listened to Effie's podcast the other day. Oh, he was okay. talking about this match, and that was one of the things he was saying was that yeah, he he caught a magical whiff and it just he fell in love. I like how he does do that spot <laughs> to certain wrestlers, and then like he t- changes it up because like when he did it to Too Cold Scorpio, and like Scorpio didn't like it, and Effie's like, "What? Why don't you like it?" And then he sticks his hand out his pants. He's like. Do I smell? Like, what's going on here? I, I like how he yeah. does that spot at certain times to certain competitors. Like when he, like, I would just watch the collective when he had his match against Suzuki, and you just see Suzuki, Suzuki, just like, what the hell is this? What are you doing here? But then at the end, he gets into it. So I do like how Effie buries it up that those different spots, and it gets different reactions based off of the competitor or where they're at. So uh, this was a fun match. The session kind of had a lot of fun matches with Ali. I had the fun. Match with Alley Catch. I had a fun match with Effie. Effie did his normal thing. I love seeing Effie do his thing, especially uh, against a new competitor. And this was a kind of a perfect competitor. As you said, the party girl going against Effie was kind of a different thing that we haven't really seen. So I did like it. This was an entertaining match. It was fun. And Effie does pick up the victory over Moth Martina as he hits his sack rider onto a session for the victory. And it was a fairly entertaining match. Effie was stunned how strong she was at the end. You can actually see him kind of a little surprised by that. And of course, he kisses her hand. They dance. It's over. And that's a perfect way to end that match and send everyone home happy from that. And this will lead us into our main event of the evening. And I, I don't know if I just missed this and if this was even announced as a match for this show or what, but I... Whatever, if it was announced, I totally missed it. So this was a very pleasant surprise for me as the main event of the evening is Drew Parker. That's where the surprise was for me. I had no idea he was even on this card. Really? Going against, yeah, I don't know. I must have missed it with everything else going on in the wrestling world during this time. I probably missed it. And probably because if I didn't watch it live, I was avoiding Twitters and stuff like that. But I don't remember seeing before this match, Drew Parker being announced for this card. So like I said, this Dude. was a surprise for me. In my head, he's Australian, and I don't know why. And sometimes I, I get know. I get confused, too, with that kind of stuff. And that's where now knowing that he's from that area, it makes complete yeah. sense. But here's the icing on the cake for me. Not only do I get Drew Parker in the main event in GCW Liverpool, I get Drew Parker against Alex fucking Cologne, the blood mm-hmm. fighter. And right away, I was like, yes, this was a surprise. The best surprise I could get. I am all in for this match. I was super excited. And of course, with these two competitors, I was not disappointed and neither were the fans in Liverpool Hangar 34. Hopefully they left the bright toilet sign and got out to their seats before this match because (laughs) this was an incredible way to end W show in Liverpool. What was your thoughts on Drew Parker versus Alex Cologne? Well, they do have those like wanking areas there. So I really do <laughs> love the sign. I think it's freaking awesome. Yes, I love the sign. Dude, there were a ton of light tubes in this match. I was expecting it to be super bloody. Here we go. Minute one, Cologne was our first blood. Minute three, <laughs> darts to the back. There was a door propped up on the outside. Cologne at minute four gives Drew light tube horns on various sides of the ring so the fans can see. I think everybody kind of knows what that is. 
The crowd wanted blood this whole time. Minute five through seven was legitimate wrestling. Hell yes. It's always nice to see that. Minute eight through nine ended up being tubes flying everywhere. Cologne ended up doing this awesome Spanish fly on Drew. Minute 10, Cologne threw the table on the outside. Drew was noticeably limping at this point. Minute 11 was a diving top rope DDT through light tubes, like a light tube log cabin. Somehow I did not mention who that was. I think it was just because when it happened, I fucking popped hard. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Uh, minute 13, the yellow ladder from last night has made its uh, its appearance again. So I'm kind of a fan of pink chair and yellow ladder. Minute 14, Drew was on top of the ladder, did a 450 splash onto Cologne. And then it finished up here with our winner as Drew Parker took a bunch of light tubes, put them on Cologne's chest, ran and then put knees, double knees right into Cologne's chest through those light tubes. And that is how we got the one, two, three. That ladder spot, dude, had me nervous. There was a ladder spot in this thing. Do you remember? Yeah. Where he was on yep. all the way on the top. Dude, those always have me nervous because you can't get enough people holding those ladders. And 10 years ago, no one held those ladders. Yeah. And I've seen Drew do that a lot. And I I yeah. actually love that spot. The spot that got me nervous was the spot that you just said, the end of the night when Drew Parker did the knees uh, into the light tubes onto Cologne because that's kind of how he injured his leg in the first place. So Bingo. Right away. Like, every time I see him do that spot now, I do kind of get it like, uh-oh, uh-oh, because it was such, mm -hmm. I was there when it happened. I was at that VXS show and nobody knew what kind of happened. Like I, from where I saw it, he kind of hit the, like we just saw that I saw the back of Drew. So I didn't see what happened exactly with that light tube, but I just remember everyone is right away, just panicking, running into the ring covering up the wound and stuff. So we knew it was pretty serious. And actually they ended up, they didn't even finish the match. They just like right away ended the show and called paramedics. But um, ever since I saw that spot and then I saw Drew do it during the TOS, I'm like, God, man. But I think he just went out of his way to do it now to show that he's okay. And he doesn't care. And I absolutely love Drew Parker. I wish we would get him in the States way more. I wish he would become a yes. GCW regular or even start wrestling more out here and doing all these different Deathmatch, even if it's for other companies, if we're not going to get him a GCW, see him against these different competitors because Drew Parker is fucking amazing. And I, yes. him and Alex Cologne, as you said, you made a mention in there, there was a couple minutes of actual wrestling. And I know I've talked about it before, but that's why I love Alex Cologne as a Deathmatch wrestler, but keyword the being wrestler because he incorporates the wrestling around the Deathmatch and Drew Parker does the same thing. And I was, I was so happy with this match. It connected, it went long, which I was kind of, Little skeptical first after seeing the first death match. I was kind of mm -hmm. hoping these two would get more time to shine and breathe and tell a story, and they absolutely did. And I could watch Drew Parker and Alex Cologne wrestle death match any day of the week. As we talked about at the beginning of the mat night, Jordan Oliver against Mike Christian, we could see all the time. I could see Drew Parker and Alex Cologne because their two styles mesh well. They're the, one of the, my two favorite uh, death match wrestlers in the world, and I think they're the two best because. They just always seem to change up their way, their moveset, and adapt to their competitors, but still do their stuff while making everything look so good. And this was a perfect way to end the night for me. Satisfying. Yes. Satisfying way to end the show, I think, is the best way to put it. <clears throat> so I was sitting there watching these two not face off, but, you know, Parker was getting ready on one side, Cologne's getting ready on his side, right before that bell rings. And it... It has a potential big fight feel between those two. I can actually see a main event coming 
I don't know when or how, but it just feels like the future of the extreme or the hardcore championship could be passing at some point through Drew's fingers. And I, that only makes sense that just like Deppen is the, um, the gatekeeper for wrestling. I feel like Cologne is a great gatekeeper for the hardcore scene for the extreme guys. And, um, we don't need a gatekeeper on Drew. Drew's made his point, but it just seems like Drew is on his way to be somebody special and Cologne is already there. And it's only a matter of time before those two butt heads. And I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic because it looks like absolutely neither of them have, uh, have any give a, give a fuck in their, in their, uh, in their arsenal with it. Like, they just don't give a shit, dude. And um, I think Cologne could really be the guy to like be the father to Drew Parker, who can really push him forward in the American scene. Yeah, and I think he's done an excellent job with that as well. Whenever yeah. they have wrestled against each other, or we're going to wrestle against each other, and I know they they like Drew was supposed to wrestle before that injury against Ox Cologne and uh, Rena, where they were going to team up against the Mega Bastards, but. Obviously, with that injury, uh, Drew Parker hopped on commentary, and I like how they told the story with him on commentary and kept it going and stuff like that. Um, Drew Parker is, as we were talking at the beginning of the night, Jordan Oliver being up there. Drew Parker is one of those ones where, yes, he might not have the resume or as many matches in GCW as Jordan, as Joey, as Mance, as Jimmy Lloyd. I would love to see Drew Parker if there's one person I would let skip that line, Drew Parker's the one, and I would yep. definitely wouldn't mind seeing him go against Moxley, which I think could be insane, or go against Nick Gage. That would be kind of like a, hey, like if Nick Gage like is close to being done, hey, I was the king for the while, but you are the new prince of uh, death matches. You're not the king yet because I'm still around here, but... I might not be wrestling as much, but I will give you the Prince status and what you keep on getting up to like where Alex Cologne is or what she's damn near close to. Uh, mm -hmm. I would love to see like, Hey, now Drew Parker's crowned the new King of Deathmatch wrestling. And I just, Drew Parker could have an interesting match with Alex uh, Moxley or Gage, the winner of the match at fight club. So I kind of hope Drew Parker does kind of stick with GCW a little bit more. I know he's been in Japan for a long time. I think he's kind of, Almost done everything that could be done out there in Japan in the deathmatch scene. Because I know Freedoms and I think it's a big Japan. I think that's where he's mostly wrestles is big Japan. I could be flip-flopping it or completely wrong. But I just know that Drew's been out there for a while. And I could just see like, hey, he's kind of ran through everybody. He's done, done every match possible out there. I would like to see him kind of get more variety of matches out here with all the as we said, the depth of the deathmatch roster that GCW has lately, I would love to see him just kind of stick with GCW full time and travel with them here in the States and uh, kind of make a name for himself out here in the U.S. because I think he's a name that is slept on by a lot of kind of just, even if you're an indie wrestling fan, you might not know of Drew Parker because he doesn't wrestle out here often, but his talent is one of those ones where I think he could blow up out here real fast. Well, okay, so... This might be unpopular to a lot of people, and I normally don't say this, but I think we really do need to bring that belt back home. I'd like to see Rena bring it back home. We do have so many great deathmatch and extreme wrestlers that um, I just see so many championship matchups that we're, we have something here that I think needs to be touched on more, and I think the only way to do that would be to, well, can, Cole's holding up his end of the bargain every 
show. I think Rena's doing her job over there. It's just we don't see it. But yeah, right now, all these people coming in from all over the world, all the talent we have that's like almost homegrown GCW talent, we really need to take advantage of this. There's just so much like we're just we're just hemorrhaging with deathmatch talent right now. Yeah, and just talent in general, as we've seen with tag division being on fire as it is, um, all these talented wrestlers that we never heard of before in these scrambles, making a name for themselves, like Leon Slater. Like they just are just nonstop. Anybody they bring in, it's been fantastic to watch. And I love yeah. seeing it. I love as we all kind of usually do do the booking and kind of the fantasy booking in our heads where there's <laughs> yeah. just so much out there. And I just love that feeling that there's so much out there that we haven't seen yet that could be great and amazing. And hopefully we get it well soon one day. And uh, being a GCW fan, I think we kind of know we will get that sooner rather than later because there's a lot of great matches out there and a lot of uh, great talent that we need to see kind of go at it for the first time. And obviously I would love to see their first time be in a GCW ring and tell that magic in a GCW ring and show. And that will be it for all the matches for GCW and Liverpool. A very fun and exciting night of matches. And that will lead us into our memorable moments of the evening. And of course, I will let you go first. And okay, piggyback off of you. Sweet. All right. That opening match was fucking fantastic. So I have to mention that. It's one of the first things I will mention. The finger poke of doom. I always love seeing it. It's such a fucking part of history. That's such a piece of shit. I love that. <laughs> the four-way death match was super busy, super quick. I could have used eight more minutes, but for the six minutes that they had, they totally packed that full of action. It was great seeing Big Fucking Joe. I'm a huge fan. Finding out that there's more Big Fucking Joe coming only makes me happier. That extreme four-way was also a very quality bout. Wayne taking an absolute ass beating was fantastic to show us that he isn't actually, you know, like just some candy, easy going kind of kid. Parker versus Cologne and its possibilities for a big stage main event match was um, something I didn't realize until I seen those two in a ring together. I think it was a real quality foot forward from the fans and the TNT talent in Liverpool. I was so happy to hear, which it ends up happening at the next show, so happy to hear that they announced that these two will be working together again. And um, yeah, I was so happy that everybody was just, it seemed they were just so damn welcoming. And um, gosh, I, I hope some English fans flock into America for the next time that they meet, if they meet here because we we do have some things to learn from the british fans and um it only takes a couple good fans to make the whole crowd pop yeah uh memorable moments for me as you said was the fans obviously again because they made as for my in my opinion the matches that much more interesting got me more invested uh i even got invested in them just to see what kind of creative chance they start sharing and stuff like that because they are really great fans out there and that yeah made this, this weekend so much more fun in my opinion uh, along with the great action, it was a great uh, chemistry and combination of the two to make great shows. Um, as you said, my first the match of the night, first match of the night for me too was Jordan versus Blake. Um, just seeing Jordan get the big victory over Blake Christian, I kind of hope that turns into something when they come back here to the states. They do make mention it one time <laughs> during the show, which I kind of disappointed. I wish they would have kept it going, but I wish that moment would have been bigger than kind of what it was played off it just felt like a normal victory for jordan instead of like holy shit this is a huge victory where 
that will propel him into the main event scene. Uh, not main event scene, but title scene. So that was a fun match, though, and a great ending for me. Uh, seeing Jordan get that victory. And Leon later. Holy shit. Yeah. If you guys just go spend 10 bucks on this show just for that four-way because... You will see incredible action, and Leon Slater, I think, was worth the $10 admission alone, even in those two minutes, because he was fucking fantastic, and I want to see more of it. And just that whole match, as you said, in general, from the beginning with Tony Deppin's entrance, and the crowd singing along, to the crazy action from Leon Slater, all maintaining the extreme title and winning, and then Leon getting the BCW stamp of approval from Tony Deppin. It was just a great overall uh not segment, but like with all four of those competitors, great match and story told mm-hmm. from beginning to end, which was awesome. And my last memorable moment was thank God and awesome seeing Drew Parker because that was, like I said, I don't know if it was announced. If so, I missed it or if I maybe I saw it, I forgot it because I was not expecting to see Drew Parker and I was definitely not expecting to see Drew versus Alex Clone. So end the night for me, which is a very pleasant surprise, very awesome match, and definitely want to see them go at it again. Definitely want to see. Parker way more in a GCW and that will be it for GCW plants podcast episode 24 covering GCW in Liverpool we will be covering TNT versus GCW real shortly after this episode so be ready we will be posting them kind of back to back here and um, we will be playing catch up as we seem to be always doing because <laughs> either life technology something gets in the way which yeah. hey, shit happens, but just like GCW, we will keep on going and going and fucking going. So yes. we are all caught up. So we will be finishing off GCW Liverpool tour with TNT versus GC. On behalf of myself and Mr. Yeah. John J. Wolf, we will bid you adieu. And just like how we always do, one day we'll get it right. Yeah, long, long live, live G-C. G-C. Oh, you're lagging on me, bro. W. W. Fuck. See ya.